0: Welcome to The Pickup Game. I'm your host, Tim Williams. It's NBA Draft Week, and I'm going to be talking to Sports Talk Florida's Anthony Abruzzo about the first pick in the draft, whether Markel Fultz is every bit as good as the hype, whether Lonzo Ball's hype is dying down because of his father, what the Sixers and Celtics might do now that they've made that blockbuster trade, what the Magic will do with the sixth pick, and who we might be looking forward to in the draft in the future. Now, without further ado, here's Sports Talk Florida's Anthony Abruzzo. We're here talking NBA draft with Anthony Abruzzo of Sports Talk Florida, one of my fellow contributors at the website.
1: And how are you doing today, Anthony?
2: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. How are you today?
1: I'm well. Up here in Boston, it's been a little bit crazy in the last few days in terms of NBA draft talk. And once they traded that pick, everything's been going nuts, and nobody quite knows what to make of it. The trade, of course, Boston sends the first pick to Philadelphia in exchange for the third pick, as well as probably Lakers pick next year, but it's protected between, they can only get it if it falls between two and five. And then if yep. the, if it doesn't, it reverts to next year's or the next year's King's pick, twenty nineteen.
2: Yep, that's that's exactly correct.
1: So is that is that going to be it for trades involving the Celtics this week, or are there more dominoes to fall? Because now today a whole bunch of news is breaking that the Knicks have not ruled out trading poor Porzingis.
2: Um yeah, I, I saw a report today that um is interested in uh first half sporzingis, but I think they're gonna end up still trading for Jimmy Butler. I think they tag along the third pick and they take the uh the Laker pick or the King pick uh Kings pick and they'll uh get Jimmy Butler that pick with those with that trade.
1: Well that seems doable with and- Butler can be had for the right price, but it's going to be a high one. Teams kicked the tires on him at the trade deadline, and were scared off by the price. So, But in Boston's position, you look at what they have, and it's all about trying to figure out how to either compete with the Cavs and Warriors or to wait them out. And that was the plan up until Sunday, was just to wait them out and hope that, I guess, LeBron retires in the next three years or something and the salary cap just eats up the Warriors, but now they're trying to compete with those two teams. Does Jimmy Butler added to their roster make them any more likely to beat LeBron and the Cavs, much less the Warriors?
2: Yeah, that that, that was my concern. I, I personally, at first, I really didn't like the trade because I thought that they could have got Markel the first pick and just waited out until the Warriors slowed down a little bit until LeBron James decided to retire. I thought Boston would, you know, pick up the, the pieces right after those things happened, and they would be one of the dominating teams in the NBA. I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to be enough. They're going to have to at least go get a Gordon Haywood or a Blake Griffin to at least compete with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But even if they get past Cleveland, I don't see them getting past the Warriors right away. So I'm not. I wasn't a big fan of this trade at all.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. I'm not a big fan of this trade depending on what they end up turning it into. If they are playing this into a bigger trade, if it becomes Jimmy Butler, I don't think that's enough. I'd, I don't think they can win with that. And if the trade is to win the NBA championship as soon as possible, that's going to be difficult to do against these two teams. So I don't think Jimmy Butler does that. Paul George seems pretty much out of the question because he's so determined to go to Los Angeles. And the last thing the Celtics want to do is trade away their future for a guy that leaves for the Lakers. That would, that would play out pretty poorly in my neck of the woods. So that yeah. leaves, that really leaves, you know, Hayward could come in a year when he hits free agency. Maybe he opts out this year and hits free agency. He played with Brad Stevens before at Butler He would like to play for him again. There's a chance they get him. Even that added to Butler, I'm not so sure. But I've heard maybe if they play some of these assets into an Anthony Davis or a Porzingis, which seems unlikely because if the price for Butler is what it is, I can only imagine how high it is for either of those guys. But if they could pull that off, maybe they do have a chance. But that's a, that's a lot of dominoes to fall, and it's a lot of risk to take. And I guess that brings me to my next question to move on. How good is Markel Fultz? Because he's the consensus number one pick in this draft. Is he the guy who can really change a franchise?
2: I personally think he's going to be a good pick in the NBA. I think he could be a superstar. I I personally I, I, I love Markel Fultz. I think he could be the best point guard in the game in about five years. And I think pairing him with a guy like Ben Simmons who likes to play with the ball and Markel Fultz could play on ball or off ball. He could score anywhere on the floor. He could shoot to three, likes to play in the pick and roll game. I really think Markel Fultz could be that good.
1: The Sixers could certainly use a point guard and that could help Ben Simmons transition. He missed the season of course, but he, As good as he can be, he has a little bit of work to do, and Fultz should be able to help him do that. How close is Philadelphia to being a contender?
2: I think they can make the playoffs this year if they get the right pieces around these guys. I would give them about three years to, you know, they could be really considered contenders. Um, But I also believe that once they figure out, you know, what they need to do, in about, you know, like 5 to 7 years, then I really think the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be really scary. It's it's, you know, really scary in the east. They've
1: put themselves out there with the draft. They've been banking on the draft for years and when the Sixers if if they do become contenders, does that set a precedent that We've, we've known about tanking in the NBA for a while now, but if the Sixers mm-hmm. really pull this off, if the process becomes the, this contending team that could take on whatever happens after LeBron and the Warriors step away, does that just make it open season on tanking? If you're not going to win the championship, you might as well throw seasons away until you land a core of guys like the Sixers have?
2: Yeah, I think that's where it's headed right now, especially where the NBA is right now with the Golden State Warriors and how dominating they are. You know, there's really no point of, you know, trying to go for it if you really don't have a realistic shot of going for it. So I think that's the way we're heading right now is everybody's going to start tanking. Everybody's going to start getting multiple draft picks uh, and start building the team that way. You know, and I think the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be the forefront of that.
1: Well, they have the right guys around them. Not only have they had the draft picks, they've had them in drafts with a lot of good players. And this draft is itself loaded with some good players, which the the second pick in this draft is Lonzo Ball. And there's been a lot of talk about Lonzo Ball since the last game he played in the NCAA tournament when UCLA was eliminated by Kentucky. Not a lot of it's been particularly positive. I haven't heard a good thing about Lonzo Ball in about a month. Is something wrong with Lonzo Ball besides the amount of headlines his father gets?
2: So I think a lot of it does have to do with his father. Uh, But, you know, and I think a lot of it has to also do with the game that he had against Kentucky. I mean, but Lonzo Ball, I mean, he's probably the best facilitator coming out of this draft. He makes everybody around him better. He can get to the rim whenever needed. His three-point shot is okay. He's not the best shooting, you know, ability the way he needs it to be. I mean, but Lonzo Ball is going to be an absolute stud in the NBA. He, I compare him to a guy like Jason Kidd, guy to make everybody around him better. I just think the drama with his father, and I think the game against Kentucky is like really what has everybody uh, bothered right now. But I don't think Lon- I think Lonzo Ball will be. I think he'll be okay.
1: It's just odd. He people were so enamored with him right up until that last game. And ever since then it's been all the reasons that maybe something's up with Lonzo Ball. And most of them have centered around Lavar Ball, who is a big talker, but it doesn't seem to really impact much around Lonzo. He's dealt with this for a while. Obviously he's he he saw this coming before anyone else did. He had to have. So he seems prepared for it. It just seems like no one else is quite prepared for LeVar Ball and how could we be? There's really no precedent for this. I, I hear people compare him to yeah. Earl Woods a lot, but Earl Woods didn't go around saying he personally could take Jack and match play.
2: Yeah, I think I think LeVar Ball, I think Lonzo Ball eventually is going to have to tell his dad to like take a step back. His father's taking way too many of the headlines, but you know, I think Lonzo Ball is a player. I I don't think we have to worry about anything about Lonzo as a player. Just worry about maybe his, outs- you know, his father and like his headlines outside of the game of basketball.
1: Well, the problem with that is the team picking second is the Lakers. And there's a lot of good reasons for the Lakers to want Lonzo Ball because here he is a local kid as well. And, you yep. can just see how quickly he and Magic Johnson could become fast friends, and who knows where that could go, where the Lakers could go with this guy that they could build around, and they certainly have a lot of building to do. So there's a lot of good in it for the Lakers, but of course, with the Lakers and all the attention paid to them by Los Angeles and by the NBA in general, that's going to... That, that puts him in a position to be in front of the cameras an awful lot. He's going to have a lot of pressure on right away. Not that UCLA was any easy task either because UCLA is almost like that in college basketball in their own right.
2: Oh yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think, I think there will be a lot of pressure on, on Lonzo based on the fact that he's an LA native and the Lakers are the premier team of the NBA, they will, you know, all eyes are always on the Lakers. You hear the NBA, they always want the Lakers to be in the best position. So Lonzo will have a lot of pressure, you know, but he also faced that pressure in UCLA before and he did a great job doing it.
1: And the draft gets deeper from there. There's Josh Jackson, who's getting a lot of talk as maybe he's part of the reason the Celtics made this trade to get to number three. Tatum gets a lot of credit for coming out of Duke. He's, he's a fantastic prospect. And there are other guards. The two guards from Kentucky could go in the first 10 picks of the draft and probably will. And that brings me to the Orlando Magic because both Malik Monk and DeAndre Fox have been – or De'Aaron Fox, rather – have been attached to the Orlando Magic in the draft. They have the sixth pick. Who do you see the magic being able to take? Do you think maybe one of these guys in the top four might somehow slip?
2: Uh, I think I think the magic if John if Jason Tatum is available at the sixth spot, either Jason Tatum or Jonathan Isaac to me are the two are the way the Orlando match to go. Uh, I think Jason Tatum he, he his game is where give him the ball to get out of his way at times. He could control. He can get to the rim. Uh, he's a guy who can shoot the three at times. His problem is he slows down the offense a little bit. But the Orlando Magic needs somebody who could say, "Just give me the ball and get out of the way." They don't have that with a guy like uh, Aaron Gordon or a guy like Terrence Ross. They need somebody who can upgrade at the wing spot, and I think Jason Tatum would be the perfect fit for what they want to do moving forward.
1: They have a fun draft week ahead of them because they're about the one team near the top of the draft that I haven't heard about possibly trading up or down. They seem pretty set where they are and pretty comfortable with the options they have available to them at number six. So while everyone else is panicking and worrying about what they can do right now and trying to make something happen on draft night, here are the Magic who are just holding on to the six pick. They know they're still Building and they know they don't need to go nuts and deal assets that they can't afford to deal to try and get a bigger name now.
2: Oh no, you're exactly right. They're they're in a position right now where they just need to keep every asset that they have right now. No, nope, don't make any big time trades. Don't make you know any mistakes. Just take the best player available. You know they still have to upgrade this roster. They're not ready to make a run yet. They're not really ready to make the playoffs. This is a very young team. They got a good coach at Frank Vogel. Uh, they just upgraded their, uh, you know, the GM. They got a new GM in the offseason and a new present as well. So they just need to just take their time at this point and just keep all their assets moving forward.
1: Right. And, of course, they Magic fans can look at draft night, and they have plenty of good memories in the past of landing The pick that changes the franchise, but I think they're doing things right now because it. unless you're landing those top picks and you can build around these superstars, the smart thing to do is just to be on the right path and to stay on that, to keep adding players to a system and hope that the system takes hold over years and trust a coach like a Frank Vogel to get it done. They have a good guy at the helm to run their team right now.
2: Yeah, exactly. They just need to stay the course right now. That's that's literally all of what the Magic needs to do. Just take the best player available at the sixth spot and just keep building. That's all they need to do.
1: Staying in the middle of the state for a second. For a moment it looked like UCF star Taco Fall. I might I might have that name particularly. Yep. Yeah. I might have that wrong. But He's staying at UCF. He flirted with the idea of going into the draft, but then pulled out of, out of the draft before it was too late. And he's going to stay for another season. It seemed like he wasn't going to go particularly high in the draft had he gone. So it seemed like it was a good decision for fall to stay at UCF.
2: Oh, yes, it was a, it was a really good decision. Fall. I was reading online. I don't even think he would have been drafted had he stayed in the draft. Um, He's got a lot to work on. He's got a lot to work on in terms of his mechanics. But you know, he took a big jump from year one to year two. As a freshman, he only averaged like 17 minutes a game and only averaged like four or five points. And then his sophomore year, he he made a huge jump in terms of his minutes, from 17 to 30. Uh, and his defense is is what his best part of his game is. And I just think for him to come back to UCF, I think it gives not only his, himself a chance to Get even better, but I think UCF better moving forward. I mean, because now we're not only getting Taco back, but now we're getting a lot of transfers that were in last year coming in. So now UCF will have a bench to go along with a guy like BJ Taylor, uh AJ Davis, Taco, obviously, guys like Dayon Griffin's coming coming to play this year. So I think UCF is in a good position to win the, the American Conference and also, you know, even get to the NCAA tournament and making a making a run. Right, and I agree. It was
1: a very good decision to stay out of out of a draft right now, when there's so much still to work on. Fall has tremendous size, and he has a little more than just size that that gets that can somehow sometimes be overrated in basketball, because there are plenty of big guys who turn out to not be able to play the game. But he's got a lot of potential, and it's going to be good to see him work on it another year at UCF.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think. If not a year, I think he probably ends up staying another year after that as well, Uh, just to continue to work on his mechanics, you know, gain more muscle mass, uh, put some more weight on his on his body. Uh, You know, like I said, I think if Taco continues to work on his game and continues to improve with a good coach like Johnny Dawkins on, on his side, I think Taco can be a good NBA player, just to take some time for him.
1: Anyone toward the middle or maybe even end of the first round that you're seeing projected in this draft that maybe we should know about that could be a breakout player from the back we we think of most NBA drafts as top heavy, but of course a lot of great talent has come from pick seventeen on as well.
2: Yeah, I I'm very interested in a guy like Harry Giles coming out of Duke. Um before he you know, but he's ranked like twenty third right now. Before he uh came into college and before he got hurt, he was ranked number one. He was supposed to be the number one overall pick ranked a couple of years ago, but he got he had a huge uh ACL tear in his in his right knee that uh took him out. And he played he played okay at Duke, um, but he got hurt again. And I think injuries have cost him a lot uh, in terms of draft stock. But you know if he could stay healthy, get you know get back to where he could get uh potentially be. I think Harry Giles could be a, a real a real steal for a team in the 20s. I really believe that.
1: Well, a lot of those teams in the 20s also are they have a great advantage of they already have a pretty decent team. So the rookies don't have to get a lot of minutes yep. right away. They can a a guy with a little bit of an injury history doesn't necessarily have to play 38 minutes a night.
2: No, you're, you're exactly right. And the team a team like the Toronto Raptors could very well take advantage of him. Uh, I think a team like the Portland Trail Blazers that you know they may need a backup center. Even a team like the San Antonio Spurs if he falls down all the way to 29, I think that could be a real steal for them moving forward.
1: And they'll find talent wherever they draft, which it seems in almost every draft we talk about and with with every sport even that the teams at the top are going to get the guy that sets their franchise up for the future, but it's often the teams at the end of the first round, well, they're champions for a reason. They have the infrastructure in place, the scouts, they won't get the superstars, but they will find talent where they need it because that's how you get to being that good. Oh, right. Exactly. You
0: know,
2: they have, you know, teams that have the championship that have the championships or are close to the championships also has the advantage because they could take a risk on somebody and develop them and give them give them some time to develop and then once one of their guys get a little older they could put put him into the lineup and he's fully developed and he's ready to go. So I it's an advantage. Also
1: happening in about a week are the NBA awards on J- or on June 26th, yeah. these are the regular season awards, including the yep. much talked about MVP debate that's been gone for two and a half months now. I guess my first question oh, is, yeah. why on earth are the NBA awards on June 26th?
2: I I I personally think it's just for TV ratings. I mean, I personally don't know why they're making it. I think you know they just wanted a TV show just like the NFL. So, I, I, you know, I think they just wanted more views. They want to make more money. So that's why they're making it on June 26th. I personally don't agree with it. I think they should just left it the way it was because now we're in so much more debate about it now than we, we would have been. So I, I don't know what the NBA is doing right now in terms of that show. But I don't think it's going to work out. Well,
1: if they counted postseason in their awards now or at least gave out postseason awards the way that the NHL has an MVP for the entire playoffs that they give out. There would be at least some value to it, but not even adding in any extra awards for the postseason, it seems like we're talking about things that happened several months ago. And this was a great MVP debate. I thought it was good for basketball that we were having so much talk about the MVP, but it's been so long that it's almost, it, it, it's lost all the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's lost all the fun that it had before. That we could go through the unified theory of MVPs, where we're really always just having the same debate about what the V stands for.
2: No, you're exactly right. Like I said before, it's old news. Um, You know, the fact that there's not even like you're not adding any like postseason play to it, it it just makes no sense. You know, and whoever gets named the MVP, we're all going to question about whether or not that was the right choice, no matter who it is. So that that's my issue on it.
1: Yeah, they, there doesn't seem to be much of an upside to having this. They might get ratings, but I don't know how much in the way of ratings they'll get for a topic we haven't talked about in months. That, like you said, old news. So it, this is this is like the Oscars for last year being held in, in a month
2: exactly exactly that's the way it is And i think if they want to continue to go this way i think they have to add the postseason to it and that way it makes it a lot better and we could and we have something to talk about it's not old news it's it's new and people are energized about it so i i think eventually they're going to have to add the postseason to it or at least
1: add an open bar and have it on a one of the pay channels so people can swear and just lose it we we can see yeah, exactly. yeah, the kind of stuff that we always project on NBA players. We can actually see happening. Maybe there can be a card game since we always hear so much about NBA card games.
2: Yeah. <laughs> have something. I mean, we need to have something eventually.
1: <laughs> really? I, I guess that brings me to a good place to finish, which is, do you think the NBA is in a good position right now? They have a couple of fantastic teams and I'm not going to bash the super teams because I don't think the teams themselves have done anything even remotely wrong in playing by the system and assembling these really great teams. The Cavs mostly through the draft and through getting LeBron James back out of Miami and the Warriors through all sorts of means they've done a great job getting there, but they're a tier above everyone else. And even the teams that finished third and fourth, essentially are looking to make drastic changes, or at least the Celtics are looking to make drastic changes from being an Eastern conference finalist, just so they have a shot at maybe winning that round of the playoffs is the NBA in a good position when it's that top heavy and when pretty much everyone below the Cavaliers is either thinking of making drastic trades or
2: tanking? Um, I think as of right now, the NBA is not in a good position because of those reasons you said. Uh, But I think it has a chance to get better once when LeBron James slows down and once when Golden State slows down. I think the NBA will be back to where it needs to be because you look at teams like Minnesota coming up. I mean, they have the seventh pick in the draft. They have... The potential draft someday are really, really nice. I think the Phoenix Suns are, com- are coming. The Los Angeles Lakers are coming back, especially if they get Paul George in a trade. I think even the Boston Celtics, you know, they're trying to, to fast forward it right now, but I think they still have a chance to be good for the next several years. So I think as of right now, it's not in a good position, but I think moving forward, a couple of years from now, I think the NBA will be back to where it needs to be.
1: That's a good point, that there are a lot of teams in these larger markets that that are very NBA-friendly, popular teams nationwide that are on the way back. And a couple of teams that can get that nice underdog mantle that, well, the Spurs have carried it for a while, even though they haven't been underdogs in over a decade. And it's nice to have those upstarts. And the Spurs will still be there as well, because I can't imagine them as long as Popovich is around, I can't imagine them not competing for titles or at least being on the periphery.
2: Right. Especially they got quiet liner too, who I think is in the top five of the NBA today. So, you know, they're going to be there for, they're going to be there as well.
1: All right. Anthony Abruzzo of sports talk, Florida. Thank you for coming on the show. How can people follow you on social
2: media? Oh, uh, if you want to follow me on social media, um, it's on Twitter at, at Abruzzo Nike, um and on my Facebook Facebook account, Anthony Grizzo, and then just keep on checking the sports uh talk website. Uh I'll be coming up in some articles uh pretty soon, so that's how you gonna be following me.
1: Anything we haven't touched on about the NBA draft that you'd like our listeners to know?
2: Uh I just I just wanna say that I think this NBA this NBA draft coming up. I think there's a the potential of this being one of the best drafts of all time. I I really believe there could be five, eight, and six guys who could be potential superstars in the NBA. Uh, and I think just think we have a lot to look forward to with this draft. I, we haven't had a good draft like this in years. So if you're an NBA fan, you're a draft fan, fan this is the year that you want to really pay attention to this.
0: Thank you very much.
2: Uh, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: That's our show for this week. I'd like to thank Anthony Abruzzo of sportstalkflorida.com for joining me this week. And enjoy the NBA draft, everybody. We'll see you next week where we'll be talking baseball and see how this plays out with the NBA draft and if there are any big trades coming this week as we discussed. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports. You can follow this podcast on iTunes. You can follow it on Stitcher. Thank you so much to Blog Talk Radio for hosting this podcast. We'll be back next week here on The Pickup Game. Have a great weekend, everybody.